Welcome back to another episode of the Big Ass Cornhole Podcast. Sean and Dane are back with you today. What's going on, man? Another week. Another week. Well, as always, I'm pretty thirsty. So uh, let's break it down in our favorite segment we call What You Drinking. <laughs> what You Drinking? All right, well, Sean, we, we chose better this week. We did. <sighs> we did. Uh, went back uh, 21st Amendment Brewing. Um, I love their cans and stuff. They're really cool. Oh, yeah. This one is the Blood Orange IPA by them. 7% uh, alcohol by volume. Uh, I mean, it, it's a banger. Dude, with old Abe Lincoln just crushing blood just oranges. Just crushing blood oranges, yeah. A little Mount Rushmore action. It's, it's Very cool. Very tasty. Yeah, brew free or died. Absolutely. 21st okay. Amendment. Well, we have another excellent episode full of cornhole goodness for you. Today we are going to bring you part two of the Beginner's Guide, where we're going to focus on bag selection and practice routines. But first... We're going to bring you what's going on in our cornhole lives in a segment we call In and Around the Hole. Brought to you by Cornhole Addicts. The weather is getting nicer every day. Back, backyard barbecues will start popping up. Prepare yourselves and better your game by visiting cornholeaddicts.com, where you can find anything and everything cornhole. Also brought to you by Airwolf Athletics, helping athletes become the alpha in all their athletic endeavors. Stop by airwolfathletics.com and check out all their amazing products. Use code BIGASP at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Become the alpha and join the pack today. Dude, they started releasing some of their um, their BG bags. How sick. They Dude, are look. sweet looking. So I'm just going to say, so they have several sets of bags on Airwolf Athletics right now. Um, they have, um, I think, one through six of the bag daddies. We Again, we raved about the 5.0s. And then they're going to be, if they haven't already tonight, they're going to be releasing sometime this week the BG bags. They turned out phenomenal. So if you're a BG fan and you want to get something new, check out yep. Airwolf Athletics and use our code. I mean, you get 10% off right there. Heck yeah. And they, they look really cool. All right. So I actually got to play in a few matches this past week. I went to a local blind draw um, at Flyers. Nice. I know you've frequented there many times. Heck yeah. Um, I got paired up with ACL Pro and our dude James Reschke. Um, we played pretty Good well. Kid. Yeah, I like we, uh, we kind of skated through our first two games. Now, we know Quentin, right? He's actually going to be a guest on Cito's podcast, I believe, tomorrow. Yes. Quentin, very good thrower, very, very accurate. We happened to catch him on a really bad game. The game ended in four rounds. Oof. Yeah. James yeah. got 10 on Quentin, and then I went back with a 7, and then I think he gave up 1 to Quentin, and then I came back with an 8. There Do that go. math. That's all, all it was. Yep. And then the second game, again, I was just throwing well all night. Um, in the semifinals of the winner's bracket, we lost to um, Timmy Jonas and Sandy. Good old Sandy. Um, just... Anyone from the Cleveland area knows that you're going to see Sandy limping over to the boards, and she's going to pick up bags, and she's going to four-bag you. Yep. Left over and, right. and over. And he... This lady was just crushing me, and I was playing great. Like, I was only giving up, like, two points, and we were going back and forth. It was a long match, but... Sandy was just on fire. I tipped my it, cap to her. She's a phenomenal player. Yes, she I is. I think they they were trying to claim that she was the oldest active female player in the United States. I, yeah, I think like Cito was talking about that. I stuff, think I, I I I would like to fact check that, but I know she's she's up there. I mean, but she's a phenomenal player. Old she's or not, I never want to face her. No. I mean, she's bested me you many times. She always throws great against us. Yeah, every I don't time. know what her and John. John is like my kryptonite. He's one of those guys <laughs> that like I have a really John's hard her time. husband, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. So, but he's just one of those guys that I have a really hard time beating. But I, I thought I threw well, um, and the, we got eliminated by um, Eric Anderson and his partner. I can't remember. Who, um, I think his name was uh, Brandon. 
I threw against Eric. Thought yeah. I threw well. Even Eric told me afterwards. He's like, hey, you know, I can tell you're definitely improving. Eric, again, was four bagging every yeah, freaking I mean, thing. But that's what he does. I hung in there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there was, I, I scored on Eric a few times, um, but I was consistently giving up two points. You know, I was getting 10, just just one bag was a little bit off. But again, that's where it goes to the consistency factor. Mm -hmm. um, the ACL World Championships were this weekend. Did you catch any of it? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a couple matches. Yep, so uh, Guy Nation, uh, Matt and Represented Guy, yet again. One doubles. I think this is their third doubles championship. Yeah. Um, they fell behind early in the finals in the game one, but they came back and won it and then yeah, just dominated game dominated two. dominated game two. Um, but they're just tough to beat, man. They're just so consistent. And Matt Guy was just staying. He kept hot all weekend. Yeah. And he ended up winning his ninth world championship. He was king of the cor king of cornhole for the ninth time. Which is unreal. God damn. How do you not call the man the goat? I'm I sorry. Mean, yeah, I mean, like, and I don't know if you listen to the pod, uh, the Dogcast episode. I haven't heard it yet. They made a great point. He is the goat. Like, I know, like, Noah Wooten gets called, like, that's what yeah. the point they're making, but, my God, nine times? Like, it's just unbelievable. The consistency. He had three sets of marathon games. Yeah. In the, I want to say it was the quarterfinals, in the final eight, he played a guy named Sean Anderson. And he was from down south. I can't remember exactly where. But he was up. Pretty big. Sean Anderson came back, battled, and actually won game one. Matt Guy kind of took control of the last two games. Just, it's so hard to beat him when he, he just doesn't seem like he ever misses. Yeah, when when he's just sitting there going right up Main Street all day. And... Because pretty much you have to be content beating Matt Guy and just getting two points at a time. Because yeah. he's not going to give you more than that. Exactly. He does not, he doesn't miss. Even, like, even if he doesn't hit the big shot, he seems to put... His bag, like, in a good spot still. Like, it's unreal to watch. And we're talking about matches that were lasting. Each match was lasting, I would I want to say 25 minutes was the short one. Yeah. But most of his matches were lasting, like, 40 minutes. I mean, mm -hmm. now, it shows you how big of a loser I am that I sat there and watched all three of those rounds, the final eight, all the way through. Um, but, again, in the finals, he threw against Tanner Halpert. I mean, great matches. I even uh, threw it up on the big screen TV. Oh, yeah. Just I saw, there. I saw yeah, your little so. post. It was um it was a great match. Congratulations to Matt Guy. I'm hoping to get him on this show. And Tanner too. Soon. I mean oh, Tanner God, threw yeah. gasoline. I mean that's yeah, I mean, this he, just hell of a job. Crazy man. stuff. I mean it's it's borderline depressing, okay, when I watch <laughs> Matt Guy play, because I just know that I'm never gonna be that consistent. It didn't matter the shot. He threw it with confidence and capitalized on any mistake his opponent made like all weekend. I mean the guy really is in my book he's the goat, hands down. No no question about it. Concur. I think that they're having a big tournament in Kansas City. I keep seeing with all the big names, Matt Guy's going to yeah. be there. It's it, it seems like it's a decent blend of ACO, ACL players. That'll be interesting. It will be that's, interesting. I, I wish I could go and attend that and just kind of watch it. wonder what bag regulations are going with. Yeah, I don't. that's interesting, though. Yeah, I'm assuming it's anything goes, right, as long as it meets... Some kind of standard. Right? I mean... Well, maybe we'll hit up Mark and see, see if yeah. he's got any insight for that. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so we're going to transition to kind of the, the main part of the episode. So this is Beginner's well, Guide. On. Real quick, though. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you passed up on our epic session that we had on Ghost Cornhole. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sean and I are, uh, well, let's just say, Sean's not bad at Ghost. I am terrible. But somehow I managed to rattle off back-to-back -back rounds of 5 of 46. And you were, were on fire. What were yours? I know you had a 51. Uh, 48 and, and 51. Yeah, 48 and a 51. Hot sauce. Yeah, man. I was just uh, through well. Hell yeah. Well, that's downhill yeah, I mean, from here. Well, so, and <laughs> I know. This week we got to beat, uh, I think, Ghost 70 combined and a Ghost, I think it was like 
81 or something like that. It, I mean, they're two little bigger numbers, but um, if we keep throwing like that, we'll be we'll be good. I was happy. Um, I knew I got I got us off to a good start. I felt well, yeah. and you know I think maybe it just took some of the pressure off. What did you What did you end up throwing? 46s. No, no, I'm saying what bags did you? Have oh, I throw? threw uh, all slides. Okay. All right. Yeah, my drunkles. Well, hey, I mean, I, we were talking about it before we started. The I just got to go with something that's going to melt in, man. Well, something I... that's going to melt in, and we both realized after this last weekend, we have to adapt to fast, fast, fast boards. Yeah. yeah, fast. I mean, if we're especially if we're going to play in the regionals and stuff around. To here. me, it's like that all side plays like a broken in three fifty seven on of. those boards. Yeah, you know, like on my f- slower boards, but. I guess that's how I'm going to have to train. So, oh well. Throwbacks I'm not a fan of. Keep throwing 46s, I think we'll be okay. I mean, if nothing else, we'll be kind of in the running. But, okay, so now we can transition, right? I think so. All right, so this is going to be the second part of the Beginner's Guide. So... The first part of the the second part of the beginner's guide, I guess that's kind of just really confusing. <laughs> we'll say it. part two. Um, is going to be about practice routines. Okay, so now that you, if you listen to the beginner's guide part one, we talked about developing your throw style or just figuring out what your throw style is going to be, whether you're going to step or not step, whether you're, if you're going to stand stationary, where you're going to keep your left or right foot forward, just figuring out what that was going to be. And now we're on to practice routine. Okay, now that you have your throw style down. I think the next step, once you have it in your practice routine, has to be developing a flat bag. Yeah, I mean, statistics speak for themselves. Yeah. I mean, majority of the players oh. are throwing flat bags out there that are winning tournaments. So, yeah, I think it's it's a given. It, I mean, it doesn't have to be perfectly flat, Correct. but you just need to get Correct. that revolution and become consistent with it. Or you just have to, if you're going to throw a little angled bag, you, I, to me, you just almost have to be a little bit more accurate. Yeah. Because you, you just know that your bag is always going to act a certain way. Some that sometimes that can play to your advantage. So, like, let's say you're a right-handed player. Okay, so again, this is a beginner's guide. So, it's, it walk this through. You're a right-handed player. Your arm is on the outside. If someone's going to try to throw a blocker or a bag that's short in front of the hole, and it's on your side, and I'm a natural righty, okay, and my bag, if I don't throw it flat, the left end of the bag is going to be higher. Just when I release it, yeah. If that's the case, the bag is going to kick left to right. I used to like when people would try to block me on my own side because then I could just throw my natural bag and it would kind of just kick a little bit right. I got very good at that when we were playing with the pro advantage, but then our pro advantage started to break down a little bit. And it wasn't it wasn't acting the same way. I was getting it was tumbling yeah, a lot it was more. A little bit. I think it just broke down a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. But um, so going back to your point, you don't always have to throw a perfectly flat bag, but the flatter you can make it. I'm speaking from experience. The more accurate you can be yes. by far. So I think in your practice routine when you just just start throwing. Throw a bunch of bags, get your flattest bag you can, put a little spin on it. Really, when you're releasing the bag, really make sure that your palm is facing either the ceiling or the sky. Yeah. Um, I, mean, do you, I mean, you've had a flat bag for a long time. How have you, I know you kind of explained it last week. It's almost like a Frisbee toss. Yeah. But then I think sometimes people, like, only use wrist. You are doing a soft toss. Right? I am, yeah. But it's just, you're just, you are... It's slow pitch, softball pitching, yeah. plus dead at the beach cornhole toss yeah, kind like, of, yeah. or frisbee toss for my cornhole that's, i guess that's like, kind of the best way and there's yeah. some videos out there i know uh jay rubin just released a practice video 
where he slows it down sometimes too. And just watch the angle of his arm when he goes, because he's a he's a good one to watch because he really exaggerates his follow through. He does. Through. Yeah. So he's pointing for a while right after he releases. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice. You can see okay, where is his palm? And like every single time he releases, it's facing the sky. Yeah. Every single time. So if you're looking for something like hey, like a visualization of what we're talking about, check out Jay Rubin on Facebook. I know for a fact that's where he he posted some of that stuff. Yep. Um. So there's a there's a bunch of different types of ways to practice, right? Mm-hmm. You can just go out there and throw bags, just you know, twenty seven feet away, just sit there and just start chucking bags as much as possible. All right. You can start organizing a little bit. You can start throwing three slide shots or normal shots and then try to airmail the last one. Um, you can play a ghost opponent where your opponent is always scoring the same amount every round. I think a good ghost score to start with is four. Or five, if you want to challenge yourself when you're first starting out. Yeah, when you're first, I mean, and then once you start beating, I would say once you beat it eight out of ten times, then move I was, it yeah, up I was going to say eight or nine out of ten yeah. times. Like when you feel really confident when you see that number that you're going to beat it, then go up one. Mm-hmm. Just going up one, you're going to notice it's going to knock you down. Yeah. Or you'll probably only beat it 50 50 at first. Yeah. Unless you're just crazy good at it. I mean, some people do just have this natural t- up, talent, yeah. but most people who are actively just trying to improve their game little by little, I look at it a lot as how you got good at golf. Yeah. I used to try to go and hit the ball 10,000 yards off the fucking tee. But then I realized, and it was, you know, honor to our grandfather, he told me, he's like, the boy you're going to lower your score is work on the short game. Mm-hmm. So I worked on putting and chipping, and lo and behold, I started shooting consistently below 90 and in the 80s. So I think this is the same way. You just have to, you have to just find something that's easy to control, fix that first, beat the smaller numbers consistently, and then you can start getting up there competing with, like, 8, 9, and 10. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I we've been playing for... I mean, consistently, I would probably say a year now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still see Ghost 10, and I'm like, how the fuck does anyone oh, beat I, that? Oh, I'm with you. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying what? I think I've beaten Ghost 9 twice ever. I would be pumped if I scored on Ghost 10. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm like, all right, throw a four bagger. We're getting messed up. Um, different types of practice. Um, you can play Ghost Defense, which is the same, same concept, right? You're, the opponent is always scoring an X amount of points, but you leave one bag on the board. All right, you leave one bag on the board, just make it harder, and that way if you end up pushing that bag in, you add three instead of just the one. So it'd be like a ghost seven, for yeah. example. I've done, I did that a lot over you know this COVID-19 bullshit. I did a lot of ghost defense because I wanted to get better at being aggressive, throwing the bag at the hole, and I think it helped a lot, oh, especially yeah. with the blockers. Um, I still think the best way to practice is playing singles. Yeah, I mean, you got to... I mean, it's it's great to get out there and just throw face a ghost, throw deck arounds, just to figure out what your status is, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, what your level of play is. But the only way that you're going to get better facing people is by facing people. And so you can, to me, there's two ways you can play singles either like me versus you, yeah. right? just a normal match. Or what I did a lot on last Thursday night was I had two sets of bags, right? Two of my, I, what I thought, I think I threw. Vipers versus Inferno, and then 357 versus something else. I can't remember what the other bag was. And I played against it. And I was being serious. Like, I'm both one side, you know, I'm all Team Inferno, the other side, I'm all Viper. I want to beat one of those sides so it's not being easy. Those matches were lasting so long. Like, to me, I felt like I really got something out of it. Because the bags I would miss sometimes would end up as a good blocker on the other side. Mm -hmm. And it just made me work and just shoot all the other shots. When I didn't have the availability of throwing against somebody else... 
I think it's a good option for people to use. And you're going back and forth between each bag? Correct. So yeah. what I would do, I would play just like I was playing somebody else. So mm-hmm. Sean 1, Sean 2. One side of the board, I'm throwing inside and outside, and I would always keep that bag on that same lane. So just like I was playing somebody else, I would just happen to throw all the bags. Yeah, I'd, I'd do the same scoring. thing. Yeah, I, I thought that was a huge help for me, Just especially now like when I'm going to be quarantining before the baby comes. Yeah. I'm still going to want to throw. To me, it's still, it's still got my competitive spirit going up a little bit. I find myself getting pissed off at one side of me and <laughs> all like, that stuff. Damn it, Viper Sean. Damn, like, realistically, all right, so we're competitive level players right? yeah how often do you practice <sighs> not as much as i should but i'd probably say like twice three times a week so okay so all right so you practice let's say two times a week consistently yeah. what are what's your routine like what do you go through uh my routine is i go out there with my four favorite bags i put eight on one side eight on the other and i'll literally throw eight from one side eight from the other and then walk down do that back and forth probably about five times okay and then out of those, I pick what I feel like I was throwing my two favorite and do exactly what you were just doing. Okay, that singles game yeah. against yourself. Most okay. of the time, though, I'll throw two bags from one side and then step over and throw two bags. Okay. Just because I'm lazy. No, I get it. <laughs> I want to keep walking You're back and forth. looking for a workout in corner. So, oh, there you go, yeah. Those just high step it over yeah, to the I'm other side. <laughs> a little jump. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty similar. I typically just throw, instead of four sets, I grab just two at a time, and I'm just kind of going back and forth. I used to throw a lot of the three slide then airmail. Yeah. I need to get back to that. My airmail has been struggling quite a bit. Um, I mean, that's I always close out with probably I'll take you know all those bags again right before I'm finishing up, and I'll go down and back just all airmail. I I can't end unless I throw a four bagger. Yeah. I, I mean, now like some people will be like, well, let's eat. I mean, listen. There's some nights where I'm tired and I've been throwing like shit. Throwing a four bagger seems like it's climbing a fucking Mount Everest kind of thing. So, but it always makes me laugh. How many pros have we heard were like, well, you know, I won't stop until I throw four straight, you know, four, four rounds of four yeah. baggers four times. Like, what the fuck? We've told them straight up we'd never sleep. Yeah, I would. I would <laughs> I'd be throwing three weeks later. I better start now you know, if I want to finish by the fucking weekend. Um, but it's just that just shows again a level of consistency and everything. So, um, I also recommend throw a variety of bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get into that a little bit more. But throw a variety of bags. Fast, slow. Um, I like to pair a slower bag with a faster bag um, to start. And then I'll pair two slick side bags, two slow side bags. Just so, again, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm getting used to, I'm getting reps in different board conditions or what I might see when I'm playing somebody in singles. Exactly. And I think the most important thing is just practice. Go out and throw. You're not going to get better at something unless you keep doing it over and over and over and over again. I mean, Sean, I think the long, like, long story short is we're just... I'm supposed to be a franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. So, yes, we we talking about practice. Get out there. All, like, all practice is good practice when it comes to cornhole. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. Thank you, Alan Iverson. I mean, that will be forever in my arsenal it's one of my favorite sports quotes of all time oh heck yeah <laughs> i love that quote like i just it's just I, I love that it's seriously one of my favorites always always a big fan of his okay so the the next part of the beginner's guide all right part two is choosing the right bag all right so dan when you're starting out what do you think is the bag almost everyone needs to throw or have in their arsenal like right away so like if i'm just starting out i'm like hey i want to start taking this seriously what are you recommending me to get right away i think you got to get a pro advantage 
agree. right away. And then second set should be some with suede. Because I, I think agree. the first, like, if you're able to learn how to throw suede, everything else just kind of seems much easier. Yep. So you suede and pro advantage to learn that flat throw, and then after that, any bag in your hand is going to feel a lot different. I mean, yep. I think the suede, you know, very underestimated still in, in today's game. Yeah. I think it can, it, it screws a lot of people up. And if you can sit there and throw a high suede bag and then you go out and throw a Viper, well, guess what? Like, you're just throwing the same bag. Just It's just going to melt so, in now. <laughs> so you think that they should start off with something slower then? I do. Okay. Because right. I, I think you need to learn to f- first just keep four bags on the board. Yeah. Don't worry about making just be, it. Just be yeah. consistent. And then you're going to start honing in on the hole the more consistent you get. And if you're making those bags, then the next step up to faster, like slinkier bags, you're going to feel dynamite. But let me ask you, so do you think it's better for you to just land four shitty bags on the board? You know what I mean? Like where they're not down the middle, one's hanging top right corner, one barely made it on the bottom. Do you think that's better than eight, buying a game changer? learning a nice holly toss and maybe you're making one out of I think you're better off like gradually stepping up. Okay. Just I mean not because we own a billion bags or anything but like dude there's days that I just walk out there and I'm feeling suede and I throw suede better than anything. Like you just don't know and I think it's always just something to have in your arsenal. And suede to me is the hardest type of bag to learn to throw well. I agree. If you I'm not saying you have to master it before you move up, but if you start throwing yeah. that well, next step up is going to be a breeze. That's true. I think it also depends a lot on their throw type. And you have to be able to kind of like self-analyze that a little bit. Yeah. Are you more of a a lob kind of guy, or are you somebody that's in there throwing darts? If you're, if you're somebody that's in there throwing darts, you're probably going to do well if you throw a flat bag with like a pro advantage or something sticky like suede. All right? Or um, like a... Blackjack's Cornhole Spade Series. Yeah. Love that. Okay, I, yeah, I know I keep preaching about that, awesome. but I fucking love that. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I go back and forth because when I first started off, if you handed me a suede bag, I was always flipping that shit over yeah, slick side. Yeah, slick side. I mean, how many yeah. times we do blind draws when we're first starting off and we're playing with slide rights, mm-hmm. and I'd always flip it over. I wouldn't even touch the suede side. Unless but that's I'm what I'm saying. Like, mail. you, but you, like, were comfortable throwing that well, that's side. what I'm saying, though, because I had a higher lofted bag. Yeah. I knew that if I threw suede, I didn't really throw it hard enough for it to get the hole, or I had to really carry it. And at that point, I'm like, well, fuck, I might as well just go for an airmail, I guess. So I just, I, I think it all, it really does depend on the kind of throw that you have. I do agree with the pro advantage, because it gives you the best of both worlds. Yeah. Or you have a slow side, and the, the advantage side is, it's fast, especially when you first yeah. get it. So I think it's a good starter bag. And then, you just, again, you have to analyze, okay, what side of the bag are you throwing mostly? Are you throwing that slower carpet? Okay, maybe you'll do better with a slower bag and go suede. Or do you find yourself, no, like I'm always short with the carpet side. Maybe you want to try something a little bit faster. Maybe you try an all-slide. Um, maybe a Game Changer. I mean, Game Changers to me are uni- a really unique bag, though. Um, I started they really throwing are, it. yeah. I started throwing a little bit more just because, again, if I'm going to go to blind draws, I need to be comfortable with it. It's just, it's just not, it doesn't feel good coming out of my hand still. But that, that, but that's just me. If I mean, you're I can throw a game changer. It. You should just go slick side the whole time. I, I primarily do. Yeah. It just depends. But now that I flatten my bag out, I do feel comfortable throwing the suede side. Um, but again, if I'm just gonna play the game, I, yeah, I am gonna probably just th- flip it over and just play slick side all day. Yeah, I, I struggle mightily with the the game changer for some reason. Yeah. So selecting the right bag, it it has many factors, right? It, you have the feel of the material. 
uh, speed of the bag, fill, their size and shape. Um, it, does the bag feel full? Does it feel floppy? Um, you're really not going to know unless you just try throwing a bunch of different bags. So what I recommend if you're a new player, if you go to these blind draws or you go to these regionals, ask around, okay? Guys like us, like we walk around with, between us, eight to ten sets. Yeah, I mean, we'll always have sets in our car too. Like People have come up to us multiple times saying, hey, I heard you guys got this set. Do you mind if I try throwing it? By all means, shit, if I'm not throwing it right now, yeah. grab it out of my bag. Just, br- just bring it, All I ask is bring it back. I don't care. Um, so don't be afraid to go and ask people to try throwing their bags just so you can get a different feel. You might think you like one way. You might think that you like a, a smaller, real firm bag, and then you put a fucking game changer in your hand or an all size, something that's real loose and yeah. or viper. You know, it gets real floppy, and then you throw that and it just feels more natural. That's you, you're just never really gonna know. True, very true. Now I know you do not like a floppy bag. You kind of like it a little. I bit. I like a firm, full bag. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, to me, I, I've thrown both. It just depends on. What, what strategy am I going with? If I'm trying to slink it in, yeah, I want something super, super loose and floppy. Yeah. But if I'm going to throw, you know, something slower, I want it a little bit more firm. I don't want the the big flop factor with it. Flop factor. Phil, <laughs> right? We've thrown yes. tons of different bags. Let's go over what are some of the more unique fills that we felt that we really liked. One to me, one comes to mind right away because I thought it was the most unique fill we've ever felt. By all means. The uh, razor. Yeah, the boss hog. Boss hog. I still think that's like the most unique blend out there. Super, super fine. Yeah, I mean, it was like um, it, it feels like sand shape, and though. yeah, yeah. But it holds its shape very well. Um, so it's almost again, like kinetic sand, you know, right, like yeah. a molding sand. Yeah, no, it, a weird. little bit. Yeah, it yeah. Is. it's it's. I mean, it's a cool bag. Um, trying to think of something completely opposite of uh, of that, like something with a bigger fill of bags that we've thrown. Um, well, I mean, like we can go like the was that old glory cornhole or whatever <laughs> yes american glory american glory yeah, yeah so that was a very full thick stick that's like that was, old school duck, yeah, cloth, duck cloth and suede. suede now when people okay so again this is a new episode so if you're if you're listening to this and you're like well i keep hearing this fucking term duck cloth what the hell if you've thrown like a corn bag like with legit corn you throw it and dust is popping up chances are it's probably duck cloth yeah, or something that's, close to it. it that's what duck cloth is so mm-hmm. just um so the, yeah, this yeah, that had pretty big fill. I'm trying to think of like more common bag though that has um, bigger fill. Um, cause say cause bag daddy the fill wasn't too big. Oh, you know what? What's that? What's that? What about the copper scorpion? That has a little bigger it's fill. Good. It's a, it's a loose bit, bag, but the yeah, fill is bigger. The fill's I think. pretty bigger. Yeah. yeah. Pretty bigger. Jesus. I know. I know. Whatever. Just uh, I was gonna let it pass. I'll edit out maybe. Probably not. Cause I'm too lazy. I'm not yeah, gonna go back listen. Actually, I have I have one that. But anyway, so Phil is Phil's a big deal. Okay. Um. I know we're excited. Next week we're going to be reviewing uh, BG bags. All right, so we're going to review the Dark Slide 2, uh, the Assassin, and the Rogue. I know they're very excited. They just came out with a new fill that they have. It is money. I threw, I warmed up a lot on this past Friday when I went to the blind draw with Rogues. Um, Great, but I mean, I really like the fill. Now that I throw a flat bag, Rogue is dude, the rogues quickly are, climbing yeah, up my ladder. The rogues are of a money, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, so I'm excited to review I'm actually glad to hear you say that because that's like, yeah, that's been a great bag It's for been me. climbing up big time. Um, I think one of the things you have to consider when you're picking the right bag, going back to throw style, is what's the angle of your bag? Okay, if you are somebody that throws a very flat bag, you can pretty much get away with throwing whatever. Yeah. If you throw a bag that's pretty angled, again, it's not landing flat on the board, you're probably going to want to play and learn something that's a little bit faster. 
it means that you don't have to. It's not going to kick on you. Yeah, it's more right? forgiving. It's, it's just going to be just forgiving. It's just kind of flat. Flies, out. Yeah, That's what I used to straight. love Viper about. It got mm-hmm. so floppy. I didn't. I, all I had to do was throw the bag straight, and it was just going to pancake out and go out the. Yeah, hole. I mean, you could literally have thrown that thing overhand. Yeah. Like, and it was just going to land Correct. straight. And so again, when you're trying to decide on a bag, um, also consider the type of throw that you have. Don't always just go with like the real popular look. Like, ask questions. Do your research. Um, that's what I did a lot when we first started getting into this. I was reading speed scales and, okay, what is this material? And then we started buying more bags and finding out the materials and feeling one material and be like, oh, shit, this is the same. Yeah. All right, but the fill's different. All right, so how does it play differently? And um, they all do. They which do. Is, <laughs> so the, mo- the fuller the bag, all right, so if it doesn't break down and become very floppy, it, the tendency to kick is is higher. But if you pair that with a faster fabric, that that tendency to kick is, is going to be decreased significantly. Make sense? Yeah. Right. It, it, it does. makes sense in my yeah. head. So it makes, sure. it makes okay. sense to me. Um, some great bags beginners should use. Okay, so I just wrote down a few. If you're going to consider a fast bag, all right, so you're somebody that has a higher loft and they don't throw a really flat bag, I think you have to consider, like, Game Changers, um, Reynolds Excel. I will say about the Excel, though, when you first get it, you've really got to break that yeah, thing. Yeah, got to break it stiff, down. But once the Excel material breaks in, it's great. That I was not patient with my Pro-X. Because the Excel material on the fast side was super stiff. It was yeah. throwing me off. Once they broke down, though, I, I do I do see what everyone likes about it. Um, you have the Primal Saber Bags. Um, all Slide. Big Daddy Tsunami is a very cool material. It'll be something a little bit different. Um, I mean, that one's... We're seeing that material pop up. Quite a, a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, and then my personal favorite is the Dragon Bag Inferno. Um, to me, it's just a more full... It's almost like more of like a Reynolds template... As like an all slide. Yeah. So I, I that's just it's my go to bag when I'm playing I mean, most of the time. I throw that bag great. I just slower bag set, so um, I put pro advantage obviously. Slide right. Again, I think it's important to throw suede. Um, you can throw it suede straight, you can pretty much throw anything like you said before. Yeah. Um kill shot three fifty seven. Um and I would recommend trying out again the BG Rogue. The Bag Daddy 5.0 we talked about, Bag Daddy 5.0, it's a really good bag, and the Blackjack Hornel Spade series. Yeah. Um, I just those are some of my personal favorites. So if you're somebody new and you're like, hey, what what bag should I consider? Listen back, okay? There's we gave you some options fast and some on the slow, and even some of the slower bags are more in like that medium range. Yeah. Like depending on board condition, 357 can be very fast. We learned out. Yeah. So I would say that's more like a medium speed. Yeah, and bag. honestly, like there's so many other bag makers out there. Just go back and listen to our episodes and see the ones that you like because we only scratch the surface of what we've covered. Absolutely. Here. Um. So just the beginner's guide recap. All right, we've had two parts. Obviously, you want to select good quality boards from like a reputable board maker. It's going to make your experience so much better and worthwhile. It's such a good, solid investment to make mm-hmm. if you're serious about this. Um, the next is develop your style. Step or no step, right or left foot forward. Just pick something that's comfortable, consistent, and easy to replicate. And in and, and style, also, like, what kind of hat you want to rock? Oh, for Are sure. you going to wear shades? Shoes, very important. Cornhole glove from Gladiator, you're going to mm-hmm. rock it? I mean, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm getting close. I keep practicing it? with right. it. And I like it. Don't fight it. If you throw it with it, I don't care. I know. My hands just get a little they get a little misty when I'm out there, you know. Anyways. Well, next up, practice. Okay. Thank you, Alan Iverson. Yes. You told us that. Not a game. Practice. Correct. Put some time into bag research. Um, we've done a ton of bag reviews. There's so many more bags out there. 
Um, there's so many bags we haven't thrown, but not um, that we've thrown, but we haven't reviewed yet. Yes. So if you have any questions about a particular bag, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Just message us, ask us your questions. If I don't, if I haven't personally thrown it, I probably have a pretty good understanding of how it might play. But if I've thrown it, I'll tell you my honest opinion about yeah. it. So just hit us up. And honestly, ask your your local players too. Oh yeah. If yeah. people have them, they're gonna let you try them out. Like and find somebody that you think like your throw kind of looks like. Yeah. Don't go ask the pro that's throwing darts if you're lobbing the ball, you know, twenty feet or lobbing the bag twenty feet in the air. So just makes sense. Heck yeah. Um, part three is gonna be coming in two weeks, um, and we're gonna focus on game strategy and preparing for choosing the right event. Um. So yeah, it wraps okay. up part two of our part beginner's two guide. of the beginner's guide. So we know what that means. Shameless plugs. Cue the rapport. Reaches at Instagram and Twitter at Big Asp Cornhole and Facebook at Big Asp Cornhole Podcast. If you like the podcast, give our page a like. Give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter. Or hey, if you're feeling crazy. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you to Cornhole Addicts. Visit CornholeAddicts.com to feed your addiction. And a big thank you to Airwolf Athletics. Go to AirwolfAthletics.com to join the pack. They are releasing their uh, new sweet BG line of bags. Uh, they look amazing. They so they, they really do. Um, I think I'm going to have to get one for sure. Yep. Um, we're going to be reviewing the BG bags next week. And if you use code BIGASP, you get 10% off your purchases at uh, airwolfathletics.com. Sure do. Next week, we're going to do a preview of the upcoming ACL Championship of Bag, or COBS, as they call it. And we are going to be reviewing BG bags on the show. Heck yeah! We're also going to uh, have a have a guest. So, it'll be fun. A very special guest. I think so. I mean, it's cool. We did, we did part two of Beginner's Guide, and this is going to be take two of Drew Brown. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned. It's our next guest. is a social media stud and ACL pro player, Drew Brown. He was supposed to be last week. He's been super awesome. He's coming on again this week. We had some technical difficulties. Big time technical Shit di- difficulties. So, Drew, if you're listening to this, thank you again for agreeing to come on again. My bad. I, I really don't know what happened, but uh, <laughs> we're going to have fun on this interview. So I uh, hope always. you guys enjoy it. All right. Well, as always, we hope you throw it straight. And it's nothing but four baggers from here on out. Cornholing. Later. Welcome back to the Big Ass Cornhole Podcast, where we are joined by ACL Pro and social media stud Drew Brown. Drew, uh, thanks for joining us, uh, I guess, again. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, what's up, guys? How are you? Good, man. We secretly just wanted to talk to you back-to-back weeks. Oh, man. It's been such a long time coming that uh, I just secretly wanted you to come back. I, I Seriously, again, I apologize. I have no idea what the hell happened last week, man. Oh, you're fine. Hey, if I uh, I did have a pretty good weekend practice, so I may end up calling you guys again next Tuesday. Uh, hey, deal, by all means. Deal, deal. <laughs> hey, well, whatever, man. All right. So, um, first of all, what are you drinking tonight? I got Bud Light, so I'm I'm trying to slowly ease my way into the sponsorship. Whether it'll work or not, but if I don't shoot my shot, we'll never know. Hey, you're doing it the right way. Um, <laughs> so I know it was I know it was like last week or whatever, but. Um, congratulations on getting the number one trick shot on Trey's Trick yeah, Shot Tuesday. Sure. That was pretty awesome, man. Dude, that shot was legit. <laughs> it, it, it took a few tries, I'll admit that. But it, it was a lot of fun to do, and, and I was determined to hit it. So. so if people haven't seen it, s- set it up for them a little bit. What did you? What, what earned you that number one spot? Well, uh, what I did was I took, um, I placed the camera behind the board, and I took a cornhole bag and set it almost 
diagonal from the hole, put a Bud Light bottle on top of it, and uh, I threw my bag as an airmail, knocking the cap off the Bud Light, landed the cap on the bag directly behind the bottle. I'm not going to say that was planned. It worked out perfect. <laughs> but it, it landed right on the bag, perfect plain view, and uh, ended up airmailing the bag in as well. Now, that was the plan. I wanted to airmail it, and uh, it all worked out and, and one, one whole take. So was the cap was the cap like completely screwed on then? It was. I'll be honest. It was about uh, anywhere from a quarter to a halfway on. Okay. I mean, still. I mean, listen. I I mean, still, the precision of that shot though is still crazy. I mean, don't be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how many Bud Lights were spoiled in the making of this? At least one. All right. All right. So, one of the things that caught my eye early about like your pro career is that you're pretty social media savvy. Um, I think yeah. you do a great job marketing yourself, and you're you've been like a really big ambassador for the game. I know, especially like on Twitter, or you're always on there. Anytime I go to the search and I type in cornhole, like you've already gone through and liked everything. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So, is this something that you enjoy doing? Is this something that you're trying to actively like? You know, like hey, I need to self market myself to make myself more available for like bigger sponsors and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both. I I enjoy doing it. I enjoy interacting with people that are kind of just now getting their feet wet into the game of cornhole um it's really cool to kind of show them hey where where the acl's at being on espn and everything else and and also um on the flip side it's it's great for sponsors that are looking for somebody um that is social media active i mean they want somebody that's gaining that following and uh that's i guess continuing to grow the game and also continuing to show off their product as well i even had a company message me today saying that they enjoyed my uh, social media posts so. there you go <laughs> all right so while, while we're on the t- while we're on the topic of social media give your shout out your plugs all right because i'm telling you if you're if you're on social media you need to follow him he's a great follow he's funny he posts cool videos so definitely go check him out so plug yourself my man yeah it's uh, at real drew brown r-e-a-l-d-r-e-w-b-r-o-w-n um, I've got Twitter, I've got Instagram, of course Facebook, I've had a lot of success on Facebook, and then uh, newly I've enjoyed doing a bunch of TikToks and everything else. I, I love the music aspect and mixing <laughs> things up, so I've, I've had a lot of fun with TikTok. So obviously the, the the trick shot that you hit to earn the number one, that was, I'm assuming might have been one of your more difficult shots. Do you have like a favorite video or shot that you've done so far? I just did one recently, I think maybe in the last two days. It wasn't the most difficult one I had, but it was, I guess, clever. And I got this idea from a golf, like, almost tutorial. Or um, This shot was nasty. Commercial. I know what you're talking about. It was crazy. Yeah, and, and I, I threw the bag, knocked the Bud Light bottle over, and from the perspective of the camera, it looked like I was pouring the Bud Light out onto the ground. And what I did was I actually put a mug in the hole so after the Bud Light was empty I pulled the mug out of the hole and drank the beer from there so I was essentially pouring the Bud Light from me knocking it over and then uh, I went back grabbed the other bag and knocked the Bud Light bottle completely off of the board that I had stood up after I poured it out Dude, that, that was, was it was freaking nasty my personal <laughs> favorite was still when you did the history of cornhole oh yeah dude like <laughs> did you get any backlash for that at all um, I didn't. I, I honestly, I thought I would, um, and I, I 
didn't do it to throw any shade at anybody. It was no. really fun. Listen, you, po- you poked fun, fun at every single person there, So, which yeah, is the best I, part about I, it. You know, that's what I loved right. about it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't shy away from the smaller, I guess, leagues and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then I also had an ACL, ACL, and everybody. I, I wanted to kind of, in, 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 in essence, I guess I uh, told kind of a true story. I don't know. Absolutely. No, I loved it. So. <laughs> no, it's definitely a great video. All right, so take us take us on the Drew Brown cornhole journey. Where'd you how'd you get started in the game, and you know just take us up to being a pro and everything. All right, well, um, actually, I started out. Shout out to my cousin Wes Phillips, and um, I think it was 13, 14 years ago. He brought a set of cornhole boards to a Thanksgiving, um, I guess, dinner for all my family and everything. And I never even heard of the game, and so we went out back and, and played cornhole. And he, he whipped me pretty good. And back then, I lived in Ohio at the time. I just moved to Georgia about five years ago. So me being as, I guess, athletic and competitive as I am, I, I couldn't take loss. I, there's no way. So I went home, and throughout the whole winter, I mean, it snows in Ohio. Throughout the whole winter, I was still at my mom's house in high school at this time. I actually tied her chandelier to the banister and put a board in the living room and a board in the dining room and practice all winter long. I was determined to come back and make sure that I didn't feel that same way that I felt the Thanksgiving before. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, I got hooked up with a buddy of mine, Ted Dillon, who ran ACO Regionals out of West Virginia. And he kind of introduced me to, I guess, the whole kind of pro circuit thing and everything that that was being played out by the ACO then. Um, And I slowly worked myself up. I finished... I think the last time I played in the ACO, I was number seven in the ACO World Rankings. Um, And at that time, I was from a distance seeing the ACL kind of thrive. And I I realized I want to be a part of the ACL. And just this past year, I took one year off kind of from both. I played in both the ACO and the ACL, kind of got my feet wet in both leagues. But this past year, I, I took a full dive into the ACL and, I couldn't be more grateful for everything the ACO has done, but I also, I'm, I'm truly blessed for everything the ACL has done for me and, and the sport of cornhole. It's, it's been a heck of an adventure. When you first, when you were playing in both ACO and ACL, I think you were playing advanced, right? And you, uh, you, you had some success yeah. early, right? Didn't you? Didn't you and uh, Noah Wooten make it pretty far in one of the? Yeah, me and Noah actually we finished uh, second in the advanced doubles, and this was back in the day when you had pros and non-pros yeah. in the advanced division so i mean we we finished up there with everyone that's in the pro divisions in both aco and aco we beat matt and brett guy we beat um greg geary lester price i mean we we ran through a, a load of teams and yeah and i've even finished i think 15th at uh, the acl Cobbs. i think it was the second or third year that they had Cobbs. okay so i had a lot of success there in singles as well so it's it's been fun Nice. And so uh, you have you have one of the greatest named partners in the history of the ACL, Mr. Glenn Gundel. Um, I'm a big fan of you guys as a team. He's got a fantastic cornhole name. How'd you guys team up? Um, well, when I moved down here to Georgia, there was a group of us that kind of got started at the Peach State Cornhole. It's more of like a tailgating type league they have single-sided bags i think just this past year they made a transition to kind of uh accept different types of bags and everything 
but uh, I played against him a lot. And uh, it was a funny story. Me and uh, Joey Tatum. I don't, maybe you heard him. Maybe you haven't. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So he's an old-time ACO pro, and me and him teamed up in this league, and uh, just to kind of put our stamp on things and make people know who we were, we wore ACO jerseys. This tailgating league, and. Uh, <laughs> These two old guys stepped up and ended up beating the crap out of us. I think it was like 21-14. And it turned out Bones was one of them. I had no idea who this guy was. And uh, after after playing for a few months, few years, me and him got really, really close. And we kind of agreed that we're some of the best players in the area. And in order for us to kind of compete against people at the next level in the ACL, ACO, wherever we go, that me and him team it up would be our best option locally. So every pro player, at least in the ACL, right, has this has this dream right now, all right, or at least a goal, and it's to make it on ESPN. Now you and Glenn did that. So can you walk us through a little bit? Just you know, how was the overall experience? I mean, did it live up to the hype that you know people put behind it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. I I couldn't be more grateful. And as soon as we won, I mean, I. I jumped right on the phone and, and was messaging my family and everything. And that's that's a feeling that you can't really explain, knowing that, like, your mom and dad, grandparents, even cousins and aunts are like, oh, my gosh, I know a famous person in my eyes. No, I'm not, I'm not that. But, you know, it, it is really cool to kind of hear stuff like that and then be proud of us, um, and, including Bones' mom. Bones' mom even said she was proud of it's even even cooler to hear from like her age and their experiences. And, yeah, yeah. And in order for him to like hear, I mean, he, he was kind of like a little kid in Candyland. <laughs> so like, but, give us yeah. give, give us a little bit of the inside scoop. So I've heard stories. Just I mean, we're from Cleveland. Right? We have a bunch of play, good players around here, and we've heard them right. say that under the lights, the boards play mm-hmm. differently. Did you have that same experience? Were they a little slower than they normally were? Are they faster? Yeah, yeah. I, they're definitely slower. I think the I think the lights hitting them has some kind of it takes up the humidity. Puts you. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But. <laughs> <laughs> you could have made up something there, and you know everyone listening to this show would have been like, "Man, Drew Brown knows the shit." Yeah, I don't want them to think Drew said. <laughs> hey, it'll become but, fact real quick in the cornhole world. I know. I'll get some comments. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they do play different, um, especially when, and I, I've jumped on a set of boards when we had like a full crowd. Um, our instance where we were in ESPN, we were like the very first tournament on ESPN that didn't allow spectators, didn't allow the crowd, where the first people that had to wear masks had to step out of the box. I mean, that, all those were like new to us so worrying about the boards wasn't really my first thought um i think they played kind of similar but i mean okay moving from one board to another even at like a regular national not under the lights oh they, you, i mean they played different as well the, the one other interesting aspect was the the have you having to step out every single time yeah are you more of like a rhythm thrower like you don't like to move or like do, was that good for you where you get to step back and be like all right analyze a little bit or you just want to step up and throw no, me, I'm, I actually, I've been made fun of before, and I, I don't mind it, by uh, Rob Chismark, he, he, he'll get out a watch when I throw and, and count how long it takes me. I, I'm not, I'm not a rhythm thrower, I want to break people's rhythm up. Yeah. Um, if, if I can take upwards of 10, 15 seconds of throw, and, and that's actually a long time if you actually stop to think about it. Oh, yeah. Pause. Um, but especially if, if my opponent misses a shot, and I can take time 
and make him think about the shot that he just missed, and then I step up and then make my bag, I feel like that's a whole psychological oh, yeah. advantage that I have rather than letting him stay in rhythm, keep hitting the same shot over and over. And, and I, I try to use that to my advantage. Almost, almost, I guess I would compare myself to like a Cody Henderson. If you ever watch him play against somebody and they oh, miss yeah. a bag, I mean, you may watch him go to the restroom and get a beer and then come back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he takes his time. But I, that's, that's part of the game, and he's mastered it. I try to emulate that. He's also mastered. I've never seen anybody in my life celebrate throwing a blocker more than he has. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he lands that perfect blocker. You thought he just won the Super Bowl. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, like a, it's psychological. I mean, I, no, it is. And, and I, I appreciate that because I'm so far the opposite. Like, I... I would fall apart. Like, that, to me, would destroy me. And I'm trying to get yeah. better at that aspect of the game, but so I kind of respect him a little bit, but at the same time, right. like, I would hate this motherfucker if I was playing him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, I mean, you were you were touching on the psychological aspect, but fans want to hear just your your practice routine. I don't know if you got to meditate or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> just uh, tell the fans what you, what you do for your practice. Um... My routine, I mean, I, I throw about a half hour to an hour every day, um, usually Tuesday nights and Saturday nights. Uh, I'll go to a blind drawer on the weekend. I'll go to a tournament. And I'll get my practice there. Um, I try not to have any bad practices. I think that's that's what a lot of people make a mistake is they'll, they'll practice to the point where they're kind of just messing around and not even be serious anymore, and, and that creates bad habits. Um, I know... People like Matt Guy have, have mentioned not creating bad habits yep. or bad practices. Um, so that's one thing. I don't want to practice too long. I mean, I know people are out there hours upon hours. But I don't want to do that because I don't want to create bad habits. Um, and you also you also have a family and responsibilities and a job. And, too, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. it's crazy. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and, and if, if everybody's happy at home, then I can go happily to court all. So. You're gonna, I'm going to have to talk to you off the mic, though, about how you're making all that work. Cause like, yeah, you gotta give him some yeah, tips. I mean, cause that's that's where I'm struggling right now, my man. Like it's it's been uh it's been she, pretty she rough. She's a money jar. You gotta give her a half or something. Oh, oh okay. So, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, he's so, gotta make money playing cornhole yeah. first, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't do the shade there. <laughs> All right, so the game has changed a bunch over like the last few years. Now you said you've been in the you've been in the game for a while, right? So you've been you know yeah. ducking corn, and then you saw the in- introduction of like the slide, right, the suede, and everything. And now everything seems to be fast. I mean, I think at your guys' level, you still see a lot of the guys throw pro advantage or a slower bag. But in general, I mean, the bags are way faster than they were even a year ago. Yeah. Do you like that transition? Do you see that transition of fast and speed staying put, or do you start to see the game evolving back into like a slower strategy type game? Um, for me personally, I mean, even starting out in the ACO, we were throwing like the fast tracks in the ACO bag. So okay. I came into the competitive cornhole world throwing slower and like super fast bags and fuller bags, and and I mean, I, I tried to master that because at the time that's what I was playing with and that's what I was playing against because everybody at the time was also throwing the same bags as I was. Um, Moving to a faster bag, I've had to kind of, I guess, recreate my expertise. Um, I don't mind it, but I do like the strategic part of it. I want to block her up there. I want to make my opponent play around the bag. I want to see some airmails. Going bag for bag, I, I, I think it's it's 
fun to watch to a point. Yeah. But for for TV purposes, I, I think they want to see them dynamic shots. Oh yeah. Not not. I mean, unless you're James Baldwin and you're throwing 38 out of 40 in a row. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But, then at that point, yeah, you can just keep counting. But, like, I think you're right, though. Like, for, for TV purposes, for the average watcher, they're going to get bored if people are just going back yeah. and forth, four-bagging every single time. Right. Somebody like me, I, I'm a huge fan of it. Like, I can appreciate the consistency. But there does, for TV purposes, I think you're right. Like, there does need to be, like, that dynamic of, like, oh, my God, what is he going to do? Is he going to shoot an airmail now or what do he block? And listening to Detray, right. not just say, like, oh, I bet he's going to slide another bag in. And the more bags they make in, if they do go 38 or 40, the average person looks at it and is like, oh, that's pretty easy. They, they must not be thrown very far. Exactly. So realize that's, that's 27 feet. That's, yeah. That's kind of a long way. I think you had a post today about um, on Twitter where you were loosely comparing yourself to Michael Jordan and how your family had, or friends had you, they put the board at like 15 feet kind of thing. I mean, that's what people think, though. You know, if they're not throwing regulation yeah. distance, yeah, I mean, if you put three out of four bags in, you're going to think you're going to be the next pro. Right. And I, I think that, this, wasn't, this wasn't speaking of any, any I guess, recent instance. But, yeah, I've, I've been to a cookout where – they busted out the Walmart boards and Walmart bags that are pretty much made out of plastic, everything, the bags and boards. Oh, yeah. And, and they throw them at, like, 12 feet from each other, and they're like, oh, that's the Ogoodyard. I, I throw a bag, perfect slide shot, and it bounced 20 feet in the air and over the hole, and they're like, oh, I thought I thought you could play. And I'm like, well, you know what? Let's move these. <laughs> and let me show you that I can play. <laughs> Yeah, that was a funny post. I, I, I got a kick out of right now. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move into um, our favorite segment, okay? The best part of every interview. What we call fun random shit, okay? All right, so we're going to fight rapid fire some stuff at you, okay? Oh, yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, beverage of choice while playing. Bud Light. Anything else, uh, Bones may not want me to play with it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been times where he's told me to go get more Bud Light to loosen up. All right, there you go. Definitely, All right. Definitely Bud Light. A true partner. All right, favorite sports movie? Uh, sports movie, Friday Night Lights. I've I seen it in theaters way back in the day, and it was, it's a it was heart-wrenching. But it makes, you, it makes you, when you see the ending like that, it, it makes you not want to feel that again. So. Yep. It really yeah. shows like the true sports. I mean, defeat. You, you don't want. It, you don't want that feeling. I kind of love. I love that, that ending though, because if they would have won, <laughs> yeah. it would have been like a Disney movie, and like, oh, everything's yeah. all fluffy. And that's not what that movie was about. You know what I mean? I love that right. ending. Right. It's about and the grind, man. Varsity Blues, by the way. Varsity okay. Blues right, is a classic as well. There we go. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite sport outside of cornhole? Um, to watch, I would say football. I'm a big Ohio State, and uh, don't say it. Don't do it. Steelers fan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, sorry. I know. Uh, <sighs> At least be a Bengals fan. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. They, 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 mm, no, no, Perfect and I don't get along. We've never met. Well, yeah, us and James Harrison don't get along either. So that is yeah, true. I don't right. play you. <laughs> but to play to play baseball, I played baseball in high okay. school. Uh, I went to college at Bethany College and played for a little bit. So okay. What position were you? Um, I played third base or high or high school. I played third base, shortstop, and I pitched a lot. I played catcher sometimes in college. I was mainly pitcher. Okay. Okay. Um, you have any hobbies outside of cornhole? Um. And just kind of spending some time with the girls. And we went to uh, the water park this past weekend, and 
and enjoying it. And then, uh, of course, doing trick shots with Bailey. She's, she loves it. <laughs> and uh, you have somebody in the background, right, that wanted to say hi? I do, I do. You want me to put her in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bailey, you say hi? <laughs> say hello. Hey, what's going hi. on? Is your is your dad a good cornhole player? Yeah. I've seen you. Are you gonna beat your dad in cornhole soon? Yeah. Oh well, yeah, obviously, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were doing trick shots earlier, and, and uh, she, she hit it before I did. I was like, all right, well, I guess we could post this one. I'll just step away. So, Braley, are you are you the brains behind all of the the trick shots then? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, we we figured, we figured. Don't be shy about it. <laughs> were you when you were you scared when your dad was throwing the bags over your head? No. You trusted me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. There you go. See, that's a good daughter right there. That's a good. That's a good daughter. And then she had a trick shot just recently. It's on like TikTok and Instagram. It was funny because we. We were doing a couple trick shots. I think the over the head one was done the same day. Okay. And she, I was like, hey, we're going to go inside. And she was like, no, I'm going to hit this shot real quick, and then we'll go inside. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I just got out my phone. I had no idea what she was going to do. She picks up a bag, walks like 10 feet from the board, throws it over her head, and just dumps it on the first shot. <laughs> She's like, all right, well, let's go inside. The talent is running within the family. That's nice. <laughs> well, I will check it out for sure after this. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely look it up. You want to say bye? Bye, Bye. Thanks. thanks for stopping by. <laughs> so, are there uh, next question? I wanted to ask you: Are there any like new and upcoming like cornhole players that maybe we haven't heard of yet that, or that the guys that are going to like the Pro Invitational next week that we should kind of keep an ear out for? Yeah, I got a couple guys from our area: uh, Jerry Roberts and uh, also Gary Cole. Okay, they're they're some of the ones that they compete with me and Bones any given day. If, if they're hot, you'll definitely see their name up there. Okay. Um, the one that's not local, that is a pro, that that I think is just outstanding when he's confident, uh, Hunter Yacklin. He's from... Oh, yeah. Uh, I think We've heard the name. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Young, young kid, but man, he, he throws a flat bag. He's, he's awesome to watch. Yeah. So I, I look forward to watching all three of them kind of develop in the next year. We got to watch uh, Yacklin throw a little bit um, when the national was supposed to be in Cleveland. <laughs> Everyone kind of split yeah. up, and there there's a blind draw the night before um, at one of the bars, and he was at that. So we got to watch him throw, and he does. He throws a nasty bag, man. Oh, it's smooth. Yeah. Smooth. He's really low to the ground, but that thing comes out flat, and that's, that's one of the keys. I mean, he definitely has a smooth throw. All right, next, uh, next question on fun random shit. Crew Cup Dream Team. Oh, okay. Time so, to burn some bridges. <laughs> <laughs> Crew Cup Dream Team. So let's go with myself on the Crew Cup Dream Team. So let's go with myself. Um, and I like to have fun. So I want to go Jay Dotson. Okay. Cody Henderson. This is going to be a loud team. That would be a real loud team. Oh my God. It's going to be a loud team. And then uh, I thought of a random one earlier. How about Blake DeMell? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I, I feel like all of us would have pretty good camaraderie and, and it would be fun. You know, win or lose, but we all want to win. Absolutely. We're all competitive and. Uh, I think that would be a really fun team. But as long as you got a Bud Light in your, your hand, you're good, right? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if Jay Dodson's drinking, I'm drinking. Yeah. You know. There you go. I don't think I've never seen go. him not drinking. <laughs> That's true. So. That is true. <laughs> All right, so if you had to pick four different bags, right? We're playing singles. you got to throw four different bags. What bags are you picking? What order are you going to throw them in? 
All right, so um, actually, I just got the uh, brand new Ultra Psycho. I wanted to ask you about how do they feel? I think they feel great. I haven't had a, a real kind of practice with them yet, but they. What I understand is they're slicker than the Vipers that they have. I think they're supposed to be the Viper slick side on both sides, just one side has the dots. I, yeah, they feel like that. So. Okay. <laughs> I just don't even know yeah. how that's possible to I make mean, a bag yeah, that's, I mean, faster well, it'd be fast, though, man. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I once mean, it breaks down, I mean, it's going to just find the hole. I mean, all you have to do is touch a corner to it, it's going to slink in. Right. Yeah, of course. So, so what I would go, um, those are one of them, but because they're so fast, I would kind of save it for the last bag in case I need to push anything yeah. or, or go around or something like that. Um, first bag, let's go with a, uh, I'm trying to think of a blocker bag. Let's go with like a, a Reynolds Pro Advantage. Okay. We'll set that blocker bag up. Um, second bag, let's go with the Widows. I love my Widows and I airmail with them almost on demand. Okay. So if you put if you put that perfect blocker down, are you going airmail straight with the widow? Yeah, yeah. In this scenario, yes. But <laughs> <laughs> in, in game time, it really depends on who I'm playing against. I mean, if I feel like the airmail can outduel them, then yeah, definitely. Okay. Now, if I feel like I can go bag for bag with them, and maybe they miss that first shot because of my blocker there, I'm gonna go ahead and clean it up now and take the two. Okay. So, but in this scenario, I'm gonna lay the blocker, I'm gonna hit the air bell, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, let's go with a game changer. Okay. And and we'll use that as like a an air bell type bag as well. And then, like I said, use the psycho to kind of push through it all and clean everything. Clean it all up. Okay. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Do you have a favorite like team or you know individual that you like throwing against? Um, I haven't had the chance to throw against Cody yet, but I feel like that game would draw one of the biggest crowds because I maybe people aren't familiar with my game style, but I I can get excited. I can get if I hit a big shot, I can get loud. I'll I'll definitely draw as many eyes as I can to it because I like to play with with a crowd watching. Um, but yeah, I would say Cody Henderson. I'd, I'd love to play against him, and I think it would be awesome for the fans. Awesome. So, uh, last question for random fun shit. Who's your favorite Steelers player? Favorite Steelers player? Oh, you know what? I'm uh, sorry. We ran out of time. Do you have any <laughs> shout-outs that you need to... <laughs> uh, like a Browns fan. Don't <laughs> uh, but you got any shout-outs? Uh, 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 favorite Steelers player? No, we, we, yeah, we really didn't care. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't care about that at all. <laughs> You're probably gonna say like Troy Palomalo or something. That's I, like I, I yeah, knew yeah, it. I knew it. Every Steelers fan loves him. Yeah, it's alright. You probably use head and shoulders too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I want to shout out uh, Strange Cornhole. Uh, some of my sponsors, Atlanta Ballet, North Georgia Cornhole with uh, Corey Harkins. They run a great regional down here. Um, also, Dirty Bags. They've been wonderful to me. Um, and then my family, Braylee, my youngest Lula, Lucky, who lets me go to. All these tournaments and watches the girls, and then uh, all my family back home in Canada, Ohio. So it's awesome. Definitely without it, wouldn't be where where I'm at. It's a common theme amongst everyone. Absolutely, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Well, hey, thank you again for coming on. Um, again, 
I for guess. part two. Yeah, for part two. <laughs> it was. I, I was just telling people it was so good that like the universal the universe like could not handle the first one apparently. So we're gonna do it again. But this time, yeah. this time it's gonna work. We so did it even be better this time. Yeah. <laughs> so good. All right, man. Well, hey, thank you very much. We greatly appreciate you taking your time to come on, and uh, we wish you the best of luck next week. Yeah, thank you guys for Heck having yeah. me. No problem, man. Pleasure, and, and I'll, I'll be talking to you guys again very soon. Awesome. Of course. <laughs>